0: Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and friends beyond the binary, it's time for the podcaster who is, uh, like, uh, I don't know, I, I, I guess he's out of quips. Uh, he's a, he's out of smarmy things to say. Uh, but he's he's not smarmy, but he's a bit, like, uh, he's goopy like marmy. If you called marmalade marmy, uh, you'd say... Yeah, you'd say, "What is he talking about?" You say, "Well, it's time for sleep." You know, I don't, I'm not sure. I do like the sound of Marmy though, not Swarmy, Smarmy, right? It's Swarmy, Smar, smar- Smarmy. Uh, yeah, but I am gooey like Marmy. It, it Maybe has anyone? Let's talk about this in the intro. But I'm just wondering how many like pets. I'm thinking cat. The uh, best thing for to name Marmalade is probably a cat. Though a dog might be good, or a kitten, of course, a kitten named Marmalade. What Scooter ended up talking about for too long at the beginning of Sleep With Me? It's time for the podcast to put you to sleep. Uh, Hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. Uh, we do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest of what I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever is keeping you awake, whether it's uh, thoughts, uh, feelings, uh, physical sensations, uh, changes in time or temperature or routine, You know, so uh, you know, stuff you're thinking about. Uh, that's on your mind, whether it's past, present or future, anything emotionally coming up for you or physically uh, or, you know, any, any other stuff, travel, weather, uh, time, you know, you know, people, you know, people, people stuff. Well, I mean, it could be as simple as, uh, you know, somebody's visiting or somebody's out of town or maybe you're the visitor. Maybe I could be with you or maybe you're in the middle of traveling. I'm, I'm Scoots is here for you. Believe me, I'm right here. Right? Hi. Uh, so, anyway, so whatever scheme you like, I'd like to take your mind off of that. And what I'm going to do is, as I said, I have this nice, uh, safe place set aside. Very inviting. However you define inviting. Which is interesting for someone like me and a lot of people that listen to the show. You say, well... What would be the perfect, and it, oh, this is another book title. That's how we did it. An invite. An invita- I can't even say invitation, an invitation for an introvert. A Miss, that was one of the, like, one of my Miss Marple fan fictions that I wrote or that I w- will write. Have I ever said Miss Marple on the podcast before? I've never read, a, I don't think I've read a Miss Marple book, but I like saying, I, I can't believe I've never said it on the fi- podcast. Holy Marple. It's too bad that The Good Place is coming to a close because, uh, I don't know what, what word, uh, Eleanor could say, uh, cause you'd have to say, oh, Marple Forker. You I guess you could kind of say that. Holy Marple Forker. Uh, anyway, holy cow, poor, I'm sorry, Agatha. I didn't mean to uh, wake you up uh, from your great rest in the, uh. In the great book shit, you know, book, depot, you know, wherever, wherever he may be. Where was I? Oh, let <laughs> was try to create a safe place. Uh, set aside. How did, how did I go from safe place to Miss Marple? Oh, invitation for an introvert. That's how early tangents here. If you're new, you're in for, a, you're already in for a treat. That doesn't make any sense. Kind of like when someone hands you a candy that's only wrapped in plastic and they say it's good and it's not one of the super, you know, hard candies are usually, a lot of them are like a definite color. You know, you got green. Well, no, green could be uh, a couple of flavors. You're right. So then, but it's like a hard candy that doesn't have a label and then you put it in your mouth. And at first, uh, sometimes you might be like, I'm not even sure what flavor this is. Uh. So some of you new listeners, you may be experiencing that already, which is perfectly normal when, you know, someone starts, uh, could marple be a verb? Marpling, okay, I guess I don't want to know what verb it is, you're right, uh, marpling, the act of uncovering, uh, of sleuthing, it's another, just it's just another term for sleuth, what are you doing out there, marpling. Uh, you just marpling around? Yes. I'm using my, uh, powers of deduction and inflection and the other induction and conjunction, junction. My current function is I'm marpling. Yes. Maybe one day, maybe like in 2030, this, that'll be on the spelling bee. Uh, Could you, is that what type of word is that? It's a verb to marple, marpling. Uh, what's its uh, uh, what's what's its uh, origin? You know, where did the word come from? Uh, the sleep podcaster that bought the spelling bee during the great spelling bee glut. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm just trying to. They said I have to ask five questions because the word's so easy to solve. Uh, could you use it in a sentence? Uh, I was trying to marp. I was marpling. At what would the what this candy was, uh, what, what, during an intro of a sleep podcast? Okay, thank you. Uh, so, oh, so invitation for an introvert. I guess it means, uh, how would I invite you in <laughs> by going off topic? Uh, and talking my way around it. You say, well, I guess that would be a good one. See, it's not a party. What well, says on the it's a celebration, it says here, right? It's a celebratory event. Uh, it's, uh, you know, for my birthday, and I'd like you to be there. Okay, well, but is it going to be like a party or a celebration with, like, people and stuff? Uh, there will be other, there will be, uh, there's going to be just close friends, uh, very intimate, very intimate. Uh, uh, that's why I didn't want to call it a party. I didn't want to give you the wrong idea. Totally comfortable. It'll be really low-key. That's, I guess, one good way to describe it. I guess there would have to be something low-key about the event uh, uh, because it says, well, it's a recreation of that wedding, uh, like, uh, at the beginning of the um, Crazy Rich Asians. How is that uh, low-key that was at the top of that uh, tower and stuff? I think you're getting your weddings mixed up. Oh, well— No, this is just a low-key birthday party. Actually, this is just an invitation to new listeners to a sleep podcast, believe it or not. So I'm going to try to create a safe place. And one of the ways I'm going to do it, other than going off topic, is I'm going to send my voice across the deep dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents. As you've seen, I'm going to go off topic and... Then when I'm off topic, go go further afield. Say Yeah, that'd be another Marple, a further afield, another Miss Marple, uh, a fictional Miss Marple, a fictional fictional Miss Marple biography. Further afield. Why'd you call it further afield? Well, it just popped in my head. Okay. Does that take place? Because I just want to see in the fictional universe of uh, your Marple fiction, which is actually fiction, because none of it's going to be written. Uh, is it? Which? Where is it in the timeline? With uh, invitation for an introvert. Uh, it comes right before an introvert invited. Actually, ooh. What about? Where? Why don't you just rewrite something about that? You could have it be a, a, a trilogy. In, in, in intrigue and introverts or an introvert and int, introvert and intrigue intrigued introvert. yeah, those are all possible book titles. So if you're new, here's a couple of things to know. I, like uh, this podcast does not work for everybody and it it's kind of best consumed kind of loosely yeah, like you say huh, this is uh, interesting just like the candy analogy I guess if you could c- consume it at least neutrally, where you say, okay, so this is, uh, I'm not sure what this flavor is. Is that a melon? And they say, no, well, that's a bit like a, like a, they say, you know, they say some sort of ingredient. Uh, you say, okay, well, I'll tell you, I say, okay. So just kind of see, and you say, well, I'm not sure if I like it or not yet. That's where we are in the stage of the hard candy version of Sleep With Me. Also, if you're new, a couple things to know. Structurally, what to expect. Show starts off with a few minutes of business. That's how we keep the podcast free for everybody and uh, not behind a paywall. Then uh, there's an intro, which the intro is usually around 15 minutes or so of me rambling and uh, just putting you at ease, ideally. For the regular listener, like there's a, I can't remember, I just looked up the stat and I already forgot it. But I think it was like around 3 or 4%, uh, like that skip ahead uh, to like 20 minutes and just start listening in uh, But for a lot of listeners, this is part of their wind-down routine, or some percentage of listeners fall asleep during the intro. So just kind of see how it goes. Uh, the whole idea is uh, to take your mind off of stuff uh, and ease you into bedtime instead of just kind of putting you to sleep instantly. You know, to help you relax and unwind. Then we'll have a story. Tonight's story will be uh, just going to be talking about uh, some stuff like in a seminar style. And uh, then there'll be some thank yous at the end. Between the intro and the story is business too. So that's a structure show. This is a podcast you don't need to listen to. But there's also no pressure to fall asleep. I'm going to be here for about an hour to keep you company. So if you can't fall asleep, again, you could queue up eight episodes, and I'll be here episode after episode after episode to keep you company. Uh, I make this show because I really want to help. I I truly believe you deserve a good night's sleep. And uh, I guess I've marpled my way to this, uh, like, uh, the the, the destruction of the show. The the destruction of the show. The structure of the show over time. Like I said, okay, let's try this. Uh, Like, I want to give you plenty of safe space to drift off. But if there's something on your mind or something you're feeling, I want to make the show just interesting enough to, to take your mind off of that. And, uh, you know, I tend to just like, I say, well, scoots, uh, how about, you? Wh- what, what, how does your, what is your Marple fiction? Well, I, I, play a character named Matt Marple. Uh, you know, he was a uh, modern day, I guess. Yeah. Modern day, not a sleuth, uh, Uh, Not an antihero either, Uh, just Matt Marple, uh, you know, four generations removed or however many we need to actually make it uh, somewhat factually correct. Uh, Now I'm going to have to read some Miss Marple. I mean, I do, I have read because uh, Craig had talked about it on script notes like a couple of years ago about Agatha Christie. So then I read through a bunch of those. I really, really enjoyed the ones I did read. Uh, So I'm going to have to get some more and uh, start reading them. Uh, here's the thing. If you're listening, let me know. I'm not, this is might sound, I'm not, this is no smarm. As I said at the beginning, like, uh, let me know your favorite Miss Marple. And they say actually scoots. It wasn't, Agatha Christie. It was, uh, whatever the, uh, somebody else. I said, oh, okay, well then I, yet get another apology. I need to write. You see, Miss Marple won the Pulitzer prize and the Nobel peace prize. She's a real, oh boy. Imagine if I got a letter from Miss Mar- a letter from Miss Marple. There's another one. That could be one of the Matt Marple mystery. Oh boy, that's even that's. I guess that's just the same alliteration that the original book had. But uh, a Matt Marple mystery. I, if you need to find me in a hotel, ask at the desk if Matt Marple's checked in for sure. I was. I think I'll start introducing my. That, I really like that name, Matt Marple here. You could do anything. You see, you see, what happened to Scooter and Drew? Well, uh, Drew, Drew, they changed their name. Both of them changed their name to uh, Matt Marple. And uh, uh, then they moved to, to, to um, Nantucket because they got mixed up with Matt Hooper. Uh, and that was the last we heard from them. Uh, I think, uh, except for when they applied to the Webster's uh foundation to have marpling become a word well how would you what is it marples uh, yeah L- look at her as she marples uh, maybe i'll write poetry based on that uh. i can't think of a witty title for a collection of poetry in that world i would say a collection of woe but that's another made-up word probably not great for a book title uh, so, and that one would be like a little bit of a downer. You'd say, I don't know if I want to buy a book called A Collection of woe tree except that it says after that, another Matt Marple mystery. And that tells me, oh boy, there's going to be some marpling, which never resolves without resolution. Okay. So anyway, I'm glad you're here. If you're new, this is kind of how the podcast goes anyway. So that's why it's not for everybody. It's pretty silly. It's pretty goofy. But it's really friendly because I've been there and I really want to help if I can. Almost every single person that listens to podcasts on a regular basis, which is like hundreds of thousands of people, uh, said that they, it took two or three tries until uh, they got used to the show. So give it a few tries. If it doesn't work for you, you can check out some other stuff I recommend at com slash no thank you. But here's the thing. I'm glad you're here. You work very hard. I yearn and I strive, and I really hope I can help you fall asleep. Uh, and here's a couple of ways we keep this podcast free for everybody. All right, everybody. This is Scoots here, and this is a little bit different of an episode. We've done these style ones before, uh, and this one is a workshop that by the time you hear this, I will have done for Patreon for other creators. So whether you, you're you a creator, you make a podcast, you're an artist, uh, I know we have a lot of different physical artists that listen to this show or you're a hobbyist and you say, well, I love doing this or I love making this. Uh, and you wonder, could I do this uh, part-time? Could I do it full-time? Should I just enjoy it? I- I've been in most of those positions before. So uh, uh, this workshop I was, uh, gonna, that I'm giving is kind of about my journey from making something uh, to doing it full-time. And I said, well, I could do this as a podcast episode, too, because it's pretty lulling and pretty sleepy, the version I'm going to give you tonight. Uh, but also for a lot of people that listen you know, very closely or you do do make something, uh, I said, well, maybe like, uh, it would be good information. Uh, so a little bit of behind the scenes about the show and the history of the show, which we have not done in a while. And uh, I don't know, I thought it'd be fun. Uh, And plus it's like I put a lot, like the other thing is I put a lot of work into this. uh, And I said, well, maybe I could share it with the audience in a sleepy way because I did a lot of writing. I guess anytime I do a lot of writing and rewriting and all that stuff, I said, well, this could be a a definite podcast episode. Definitely have hours and hours of material here. All right. So this is a journey from hobby to creator to full time creator, or you know, I prefer maybe artist to working artist, or some people might prefer that. Uh, and the short in this case, TLD, too long, don't listen version, or if you're, you're watching this, it would be TLW, too long, too long, don't watch or listen. Yeah, TLW, TLDWL, or you know, so that covers all of them. Uh, version, is uh, you're, you're really trying to craft something on a consistent basis that a crowd of people enjoy and that some people deeply connect with. And, uh, you know, I tried to figure out, you know, normally I'm a ram- podcast rambler. So I did try to figure out something with like, oh, could I do four C's of creation or the three C's of creation? And then I got distracted, but really uh, I did want to... Uh, think about, like, what is what creates the difference between someone being, like, virally a success or kind of like a fad versus someone that has engaged fans? Uh, I, I think it's like the difference kind of those things, like something you're crafting that's well-crafted, that's delivered in a consistent basis, and that has a deep connection for those really deeply connected fans— but also those things are kind of more under your control than a lot of other things like the crowd part is less under your control uh, than the deep uh, the, the, the the deep connection part and, and the craft the amount of work and evolution that goes into your project uh, is more under control kind of than what people necessarily think about it and then consistency it doesn't just have to do with for podcasts like release schedule it's kind of like a that the show's consistently getting better that there's a consistent voice even if you're finding your voice i mean i think it took my show somewhere around it was either 150 or 300 episodes just to to, to where the foundations of what the show is currently are uh, started to fall into place and uh, so And the other thing is like, if, as you start to, I'm only going to teach you a few things in this seminar, but, uh, as you, as you start to use them, whether it's on this project or a future project or in your day job, in your personal life, I feel like these are some things that'll serve you particularly in other creative projects. Okay. So who that wasn't, I guess that was longer than the don't TLDR version, but, uh, Okay, so who am I? I'm Drew. I make Sleep With Me podcast. It's a bedtime story podcast for grown-ups. I've been making it since 2013. Uh, when I started, I had no experience in podcasting or audio production. I had no audience or listeners or following of any kind. Uh, and I just started keep making and releasing my show. Uh, in 2016 is when I launched my Patreon uh, and then I had occasional sponsorships, but sponsorships really never fell into place, uh, till like in 20, maybe like 2018, 2019, not, not until just recently, uh, as a reliable source of, well, anyway, I don't want to get off topic on that. In 2017, I started kind of cutting back on my hours at my day job, like I started to like, uh. buying vacation, I think before that and and building up my vacation and using my vacation to work on the podcast or go to podcasting things. Uh, but in 2017, I also started kind of cutting back to three quarter time and half time. And then over that year, eventually in 2018, at the beginning of 2018, I think I went full time working on my podcast. And it's kind of still a thing and evolving thing always, uh, also, a couple other things, like the podcast wasn't the first thing um, I worked on. Like Between 2000 and 2013, I worked on a lot of other writing projects and writing groups and uh, kind of stuff. I don't know if I ever fully uh, leaned in and worked really hard in as consistently as I did on Sleep With Me, but I was involved in other stuff, so it was kind of like stuff I was making before this uh, that led to Sleep With Me. And then, since I was born, since birth to 2019, or whenever I became a sentient human being, I've also been like a full time person who worries and daydreams. Uh, I know how important that is. A couple other things to know uh, about, like, or deaf things I wanted to define is like, one is this is just kind of my journey or the things I took from my journey that I want to share with you. There's many, many ways to climb a mountain or to be successful, or to make art. And so there's not just my way. This is just one way. But I hope I can give you just a couple of specific tools that you'll use on your own journey. I also wanted to define kind of, for me, the definition of a part-time working artist is that some of your living expenses are, are paid uh, through your project. Uh, and that ideally, like in my opinion, you're paying off any high interest debt in uh, saving for an emergency fund. And then a full-time working artist, this is just my definition. is like that your living expenses are covered by the income from your project. You're also able to pay for your medical and dental insurance. Uh, and you're saving money towards retirement. And you have an emergency fund. Because, it, and, and I guess this goes into just self-care. And what are your rights as a worker? Like, even if you're working for yourself... Um, or you're working in some sense for this project that you've created or you're creating a business around it, uh, if you're working, you know, 40, 80, 90 hours a week, uh, you do deserve to have a safety net. You do deserve insurance and, uh, like, to start saving something for your retirement, now, the most important thing, and this kind of is aligned with that, and I probably forget to talk about it, is the most important thing is you. And when I say that, I mean, like, your voice, your viewpoint, your taste, your style, your art, your projects are very important. But what's also important is your self-care, your own mental and physical well-being. Uh, the world right now really is in need of your art and your viewpoints, Uh uh, but the only way to do that and sustain it is, is to take c- good care of yourself. Uh, and I also want to say that your art in, in you as a person and a human being are are valid and important, no matter like uh, the financial stakes uh, like uh, or the audience size. Okay, so what am I going to talk about tonight, uh, today? I'm going to talk about the kind of four stages I kind of looked back at uh, that I found uh, growing my podcast kind of into a small business uh, over the past six years. And I kind of see it as kind of four stages uh, or maybe five, maybe maybe whatever. Like uh, there's a starting out phase. uh, There's a phase where you're kind of keeping the project going and growing it. And then there's kind of the, the, when you're monetizing it, I guess, like uh, as people say, like building, you're building a business uh, to part-time income and then ideally transitioning to working at it full-time. But I also want to say wherever you are right now, you're that's where you are. You're in the right place where you are right now. So even if you just started your podcast 10 years ago, And uh, you you say, well, I'm I'm trying to look for a little bit of a refresh or a reboot. That's great. I'm glad you're here. If you started your podcast two days ago and then one day ago you started your Patreon, that's cool, too. Like, where you are right now is fine and valid. Uh, I mean, I do think these stages are are best. You can return to them and they overlap, uh, but they do build upon one another. And just like when your router's not, you know, your internet's off and you restart your router and sometimes it's magical, like maybe running through these phases, even if you have a Patreon, even if you have sponsors, uh, like finding a way it to start at the beginning of these stages and kind of work your way through them over as a supplement or a slight reboot over the next couple of years, I, I think it will hopefully help refresh your show, reinvigorate you as a creator. I also want you to know that, that what I found for me is that the most filling success, uh, like the kind of success that tastes right, like, uh, is that, is the kind of success you define for yourself, uh, even if it's private or hidden away. And the other thing is, I didn't write this on the slide, but there's that a lot of this is process based, right? That there's no destination in the end, uh, and that, uh like or, or that the destinations change uh not super important in this second though so here's the thing i'm going it to it teach you there's just three main kind of tools one is like to connect with your audience by having conversations and i'll definitely elaborate on this but it's definitely different with a podcast uh a lot of times it can feel like one-way communication especially in your first few years of starting out but it feels always kind of can feel that way a little bit it's like uh There's a bit of a delay sometimes or there's like having to be consistent and repetitive in your your conversations with your listeners on the show uh, until you get a response. Like sometimes it can feel like you're talking into the void a little bit and that's okay. It's perfectly normal because it is like uh, something people are listening to after you make it and, and then they're kind of processing and living in their lives but I want to teach you some stuff to, 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 to basically make that intentional and regular and consistent, how you connect and have conversations with your audience. I also want you to help you hone your craft and find your voice. And one of the ways I'm going to talk about doing that is something called deep listening. Couldn't think of a better term for that. And the final thing is I'm going to teach you this through having some regular meetings is just to focus on the things that are under your control. Okay. So, uh, so those are three things we're going to cover. One thing is before we get to stage one is like some of you might be in a pre-stage, uh, like, should I even make this or can I make this? And I've been there. Like I had the idea for sleep with me somewhere between 2003 and 2007. I'd have to look and figure that out. Uh, I mean, I know when I had it because I was driving, uh, uh to the Pacific Northwest, but like, uh, I put it off until 2013 because I was afraid and because of my internal critic. So if you're in this pre-stage or you've been in, in it a while, or if you're just in it, it's all normal. But And I know this is the advice everybody gives, but don't wait. The best cure for pre-stage is to put your perfectionism aside and just get started making and releasing something. But I know that's what everybody says and that it doesn't always like give you the push you need. So let's do a pre-pre stage of that. Is uh, there's a podcast my friends make, uh, Jeffrey, Jeffrey and Joseph, uh, called "Start with This." So I want you to start with that. Start listening to "Start with This." Every episode they give you a couple assignments, and I just want you to set aside like five or t- t- five to fifteen minutes a day uh, during uh, to, to listen to that podcast and complete the assignments. Uh, But do it as a gift to that part of you, that artist part of you, or that kid artist, uh, like as something really loving and self-caring. If you're in the pre-stage or any stage, I mean, it's a great podcast. Uh, It'll give you a lot of new ideas. Um, So one of the things you're striving for, it's not necessarily a goal, but it's like a, because it's a little bit out of reach. That's why I say striving is uh, to make a podcast where some listeners respond and they say, geez, I had no idea this existed. I've been looking for this my whole life. And I don't know if that's something you ever necessarily need to achieve, but you also want to be familiar with when you experience that in your own life. Uh, What movies, what books, what music, what podcasts, uh, what works of art have inspired that from you. Uh, So uh, just start to think about that. That's really like... Instead of having a goal, be like, okay, that's what I'm striving to make. That's the kind of podcast that's going to grow into a full-time job, too. Uh, Is that, okay, so before we get started, like the first thing I want you to do, and you could do this wherever you are, I wouldn't do it right now, is to air out all of your fears and expectations. This is a bit like a business plan, uh, and just write all out, all of your fears and expectations around the project. So my biggest fears with this podcast are that I'll be humiliated. I mean, for me, uh, be humiliated that no one will listen, that people will make fun of me. And also these don't have to be realistic. It's better if they're not, uh, if they're yours though, it'd be really amazing if this happened with the podcast that, uh, I instantly had a million listeners, uh, that people started listening and they said, this is the greatest thing ever, that's ever existed. Uh, that someone that I find a, a heroic figure of mine listens and calls me and says, this is mind blowing. Uh, those are expectations uh, or, or, or like get to know those parts. You. This is one about finding your voice, too but you want to air this stuff out and put it down on paper and and don't shame it or judge it. These are parts of you uh, that have these expectations. And then you want to kind of look at the the less extreme parts. Like, oh, I would feel like that this podcast was successful if, uh, and for me that was like, uh, well, one, if I started making it. So that was one like more realistic thing. Uh, and then I kind of, f- part of me was like, oh, well, uh, this was even back in 2013 that people said, geez, you need about 30 000 to 50,000 downloads, which is really hard to get only whatever 0.5% of podcasts get there. Uh, but that was like, even in 2013, kind of the number people threw out of like, well, if you want to work on a podcast full time, you have 50,000 downloads an episode. So I did put that down even in 2013 of like, that's probably not something I'm going to get, uh, but it would be nice. So, so I did put that down as like, a, uh, I don't know if it was a goal, but like, well, that's like a unrealistic expectation, but maybe achievable. Other people have achieved it. And again, this is about defining this for yourself in, in the privacy of your your own heart or whatever. Uh, the podcast would be a failure. If uh, whatever comes up for you, you know, no one listens, uh, only a few people listen uh uh, again you want to keep probing deeper and deeper on yourself i would be really happy if only you know the podcast was a total success you might say well what do you mean maybe have a conversation with yourself um it will really hurt Uh, just just really take the time to flush all this stuff it will really hurt if someone you know sends me mean emails uh And then the most, for me, this is where everything got unlocked. Is like 20 years from now, with the podcast or with this project or all your artistic projects in general, what's your biggest regret going to be? And for me, when I started to probe this, so my biggest fears, unrealistic, were that it was going to be humiliating. No one was going to listen. My family would make fun of me. And my biggest other unrealistic expectations were that the podcast was going to be immediately successful and that it would make me feel validated and important and good and happy. And then I kinda of had some middle roads, well, maybe I could get fifty thousand listeners. What would I do if no one listens? You know, but the twenty year from now thing, like I thought about when I'm old and I said, what would I really regret most? And this is just my personal thing, it was like not trying. And that's what I kind of mean for defining success with yourself is like getting out of all these expectations and having them on paper. Uh, these, these parts of you, these variety of expectations and fears are going to serve you very well, uh, moving forward, uh, because they're a real part of you. And by validating them, uh, I, I don't know, we're, I'm going to show you how to do like a little bit of how to do this, but also this is about finding your voice, uh, I mean, you'll express it through your artistic project, but by really getting to know yourself, like this is where we really connect as human beings or understand one another is our shared experiences. Uh, Okay, so let's get to the nitty-gritty now. So stage one is kind of starting out stage, and I've got some goals for you. The most important goal, and this builds on what we were just talking about, is to pick a time once a month – where you're going to have a production meeting, or I call it a let's quit meeting. Your next goal is to make and release uh, 1, 2, 8, 15, 21, 25, 30, like a regular number of episodes. And if you're in production, it's to produce your next four episodes uh, or produce this month's episodes. Uh, so for me, it's to get to 820 podcast episodes uh, uh, released. Another goal in this that we'll talk about is like fostering your internal fan. Like, what are you a fan of? What do you enjoy? What do you love? Uh, uh, Then you're going to start to deep listen to podcasts. Uh, Like ideally ones that you hear other people that are popular or other people recommend or ones you really enjoy. Uh, Ideally, you're picking podcasts that are, are really inspirational or aspirational for you. Uh, and then you want to start talking to your current fans on the show about the stuff you love and your future fans. Because remember that uh, as you're starting out with your podcast, people are going to be listening to your earlier your, your, the episode that you make today for years and years and years. And that conversation will be new to them. So, so they'll still be having a conversation with you in the present. You know what I mean? It's kind of like this strange time travel communication. And then I really want you to start building a support network, uh, both in podcasting and your personal life. Uh, so those are kind of your goals starting out. Also for extra credit is to look at your paycheck every month uh, or whenever you get it and check your credit card and bank statements every month and just start to get a familiarity, uh, like a good financial overview. And also start to track how much time you're working on your show. For extra credit, again, like... Uh, Uh, If you can do it in a way that is really clear and honest, uh, it's really going to help you uh, moving forward. Instead of being like, you know, I think I work on my show uh, four hours a week, uh, and you find that, uh, no, you work on it uh, 30 hours a week, or, or you only work on it two, it's like, oh, okay, well, maybe I should make some more time for my show, or maybe I should cut back. Okay, so what do I mean when I say deep listening, and I, this is in a, the craft of honing your craft kind of department, is uh, every week, and you could break it up over the week, or if you're ambitious, I don't want you to bite off more than you can chew, maybe set aside 10 minutes a day or an hour a week on one day and listen to a podcast episode without multitasking at all. And it should be a really good podcast. Uh, and you could take notes, uh, but just kind of, it's not about uh, a second by second analysis of it. It's more like, huh, how did that make me feel? Uh, oh, what did I like about that episode? Uh, what didn't I like about it? Or she said, I kind of feel neutral. Uh, and then eventually, like, as you do it more and more, you'd be like, huh, how did they do that? Or, or when you, you leave and you feel, wow, I really feel invigorated or exhausted, uh, Maybe listen to that episode again and again. Be like, well, how did they do that? Uh, How how did they do that? And then start to look at, uh, as you get more, start doing this more and more consistently, more often. Well, who makes this show? Who are they? Uh, How often does the show come out? How many people work on this uh, podcast? Uh, Also, I want you to celebrate your wins. And in this case, putting out a new episode uh, is a win. And if you're new in podcasting, putting out episode 1 2 8 15 21 and 25, those are gigantic gigantic celebratory wins. But just putting out like the next month's worth of content is a win because you know, I think the, most podcasts don't people don't aren't able to continue them. And that doesn't mean it's a failure if you don't. It just means if you put out that next episode, you should celebrate it. Like, yeah, don't let your internal critic be like, well, it's not that big a deal, or people throw shade on you. Okay, so this is the most powerful technique I'm going to teach you. Uh, so I'm going to explain why. Uh, but it's scheduling times to quit your podcast, regular quit meetings. And I think you should just do it once a month. Like I said at the beginning, one day a month. And you're going to set aside a meeting and during that meeting, basically, you're going to decide if you're going to keep making the podcast or you're going to stop. Uh, but those, that list of all of those fears, whether they are realistic or not, I want you to give agency to those internal fears uh, during the meeting and those unrealistic expectations. Uh, so that way, you're like a critic uh, or your dreamer or your ego. Or whatever it is, they all feel like they have a seat at the meeting and they can call, you could call on them. And for me, this really was worked miracles uh, because I have a very, very strong internal critic and I have a very, very strong daydreamer. And so a lot of my other projects before this podcast didn't make it because either my critic just ground me down or I had these unrealistic expectations that something was going to happen to give me certainty. Or validity. And that didn't happen. I said, why am I working so hard on this? Uh, it's like I just felt deflated. And giving those parts of you agency just at this meeting just helps calm them down and, and actually makes them feel va- valid. But then you also kind of see it. Uh, so you say to the critic, okay, like, is there a reason why we should? I'll, I'll go through the questions you should ask. But just remember, in between these meetings, you're in control. Uh, Like during the meeting, your critic and your dreamer can make all these lists of all the horrible things and and everything. They have real agency at these meetings, but between them, uh, they'll have to send you an email or put it be like, okay, why don't you put a memo for the next meeting? And here's questions you could think about. You could design your own questions, but do, what do I enjoy about making this podcast? Uh, what's really hard about it? Is there anything I'm experiencing that's giving me personal, professional growth uh, about making this podcast, expressing myself? Uh, do you think, like, you still want to make this podcast for another month? Uh, that's kind of what, how you end the meeting. What about what, Do you think we're going to make it for six more months? Do you think we're going to make it for a year? and then start to talk to those other extreme parts you would you say, have any so if any of our worst critic like worst case scenarios which of those have come true so far okay dreamer what are our disappointments uh, or ego uh, what are our disappointments uh, what what could we have done well uh, okay or what could we have done better and you don't have to actually, like, spell everything out in the meeting. I really believe in the subconscious and that your subconscious will do the work. If you take the time to have these meetings and be honest and just have some uh, – give voice to all this stuff, uh, the answers will eventually come to you while you're out walking or taking a shower or stuff. Uh, it's just about giving it a safe place, uh, Uh, for everything to come up in in a business way. Like this is a kind of a strange production meeting, but it is. And again, this is going to be a habit that's going to evolve. Like these meetings will evolve into something more. Uh, And the last thing about starting out is being a fan and then starting a conversation. And these are kind of two things. When you're first making a show in the first few years even, as your show's just starting to build an audience, uh, you don't really have to worry. I mean, I wouldn't worry about growing the show. I would worry about making the best show I can. And then about what are the things that you are a fan of? Uh, instead of using your social media to promote your show, to use it to promote the things you love, whether it's podcasts, books, movies, art, music. And then on your show, on a regular basis, start conversations with your listeners about that. Instead of kind of a, you just want to get in the habit. If if you think you're going to slowly try to grow your show into a business, of how are you creatively going to put calls to action? If you had a sponsor, like and they wanted a pre-roll, a mid-roll, and a post-roll. Uh, how, how would you do that? And we'll talk more about it in the, in the next round, but it, like to think about like, uh, oh yeah, so you want to be deliberate because there's people that listen to your show that are quiet, that might not participate for a long time or at all, but they're listening. And then there's your, there's your future future listeners. So you want to be uh, consistent about it. And uh, I'll try to give you an example. Uh, let's say you're going to see Hamilton for the 50th time. And you say, Jesus, hey, everybody, like, like, you just do that on the show. Be like, uh, you do, like, even if your podcast is a piece of audio fiction, look at it kind of like an ad, uh, but, but as a fun conversation with your listeners to so be like, uh, hey, you know, t- tonight's show so the pre-roll be like, hey, welcome to, uh, Yarncast. We're talking yarn and things the dude uh, to what do I, what my favorite podcast is, uh doodle notes a podcast about doodling and before we get to the newest rollerball pens i wanted to talk about uh you know it, it, some people might find it strange but i went and saw hamilton for the 50th time uh and uh, ed hamilton not the musical hamilton uh he, he's a person that does monologues from it but anyway so i'll be talking about it in the middle of the show i'm just wondering if you if you ever seen anything fifty times, probably do it shorter than it'd be like then move on to all right. So uh, welcome to Doodle Notes, a podcast about doodling and things interesting to doodlers. In in the latest doodle news, we, you know we have the great ink, you know the great ink blot. Uh, then you go on for your mid roll, like uh, and you say, hey, so I was talking about that I saw, and I'm going to talk to you about it in, later in the show. That's what you'd say at the beginning. Hey, You know, I said I was talking about it, something I saw. Have you gone and seen anything? What's the most times you've seen anything or listened to it? use it as a creative constraint, right? Uh, and then uh, at the post, I'll be like, "Don't forget to let me know." Like, I'm going to go. See if uh, should I see Hamilton 51 times or not? Uh, uh, you could get me on Twitter at you know. Uh, thanks, everybody. And you're making it. You know, you're just encouraging other people's fandom. Hey, listen to the, did you listen to the last episode of 99 PI? I'm going to talk about it coming up here. It's a creative constraint, uh, but you want to already start to get your audience used to you. You just want to get, this is a different form and it's not a natural form of communication, talking, uh, and then editing it and then releasing it. So you want to get familiar with it and start to creatively you know, burn some pathways in your mind of uh, how do you have conversations with your audience? What conversations do they respond to? And at the beginning, remember, like, uh, that there'll be people listening to this in the future uh, that'll respond to. So you're not just, uh, I don't know, you're laying groundwork. You're not just shouting. Sometimes it can feel like you're shouting into the void or speaking into the void, but you're not. Um, And it doesn't really, in this case, it doesn't really matter because there's nothing at stake. I mean, your feelings could get, you could have feelings about it. I mean, I know I did and still do when stuff falls flat, but, uh, you're kind of freely giving your fandom out. Uh, and again, I want to set expectations. This isn't cross promotion. The people you talk about might not ever hear it or might not ever say thank you. This isn't about even building up karma. It's, it's just, uh. It is about finding your voice and connecting with your audience. And being a fan is just a really easy way to do that. Okay, so so, uh, the other thing, uh, this is just another kind of uh, thing is like another thing to strive for is you want to make a show that people cannot wait to share. Like they feel like they have some kind of inside information. That's like, again, what you're striving to do. Okay, so stage two, this is this kind of second part. Maybe after you've been making your show a few years uh, is what I would say. I would not move into this phase until uh, I would wait until you're kind of been making the show for a while. at least a year, you've been having conversations with your audience. You kind of have an idea of what social media they use or where you can connect those conversations. Uh, you'll kind of move into this growth phase. And maybe it just happens organically. But if you're wondering, uh, and I know it's not easy to wait, but I would wait uh, until you're hearing from people. And actually, you'll probably hear from them sharing your show before. Then you'll know, oh, it's time for me to move into my growth phase here. So your goals in this kind of uh, part of this process, this stage of your podcast is to start taking those deep listening skills and applying it to your own podcast. I would keep deep listening to other podcasts too, and then supplement it with like after you make your final mix, either before you upload it or it, depending on your time frame, even after you upload it, uh, listen to your show uh, it, without multitasking in its completed form. Yeah. Oh, and I'll talk about it. Start conversations with your listeners about your show. So building on talking about fandom. You also want to get to know your show from your listeners perspective, kind of through those two things. And then you're going to start to empower your audience to share about your podcast. And you want to keep meeting with yourself once a month. Uh, for extra credit, keep promoting the stuff you love. Uh, you might send, start messaging people that make podcasts or other art you love. They may never get it back. you just send them a thank you or you can send them, hey, how'd you do that? I noticed uh, like uh, that you did this uh, or I really liked it when or I really appreciate it and they may not may or may not get back to you but uh, it's important anyway. I think again and it's it's uh, you're learning from both sides. From being an audience member and an artist, uh, and then communicating with fellow artists. I also want you to set up a a household budgeting app, uh, and there's a bunch of them out there, and you can find what works for you, and start tracking how you spend your money every month. And ideally, you'll get to a point where you're spending less than you earn, even if it's just a little bit, uh, if you're not in that position already. And I realize that's not easy. I mean, I live. I realize that's not easy. Uh, uh, but you really want to start looking like, is there a way I can spend less money than Aaron? And that'll put you in a huge position of power. Uh, just because it'll just bring a little stability to things. Okay, so empower your audience to share your show. So you want to just talk to your audience. Uh, like, what do they like about your show? Why would they want to share Your podcast, like you should have know those answers from their perspective, and you'll hear from them. Hey, well, like just use that initially as a conversation, Uh, but then you're going to move into telling them now. Sharing podcasts or other than writing negative reviews, like this, none of this stuff comes naturally to people. I don't even think that does. So people don't naturally know one how to share podcasts. But, two, they don't really – it's easy for everybody's internal critic to write off and say that's not important. So you need to vocalize that and let the audience know they have this immense, immense, immense power that just sharing your podcast with one person is something you're hugely grateful for and has a gigantic impact on your show. And not only that, it feels good because you've been doing it. You could tell them, honestly, oh, man, remember when I shared with you about – how many times I saw Hamilton, now I don't like, it. You, you, you know what I mean, like, uh then I started listening to these Hamilton podcasts, like, uh, it feels good, and it does good for, for everybody, it helps the person they tell about discover the show, and then just thank your audience for it, when they share the show, thank them on the air if you can, especially if you have time, uh, uh, and then when you hear from new listeners online, ask them how they discovered the podcast and then thank the people that they heard the podcast they heard about it from. And you want to do this in a deliberate way on your show, just like with the uh, being a fan. You want to be your own sponsor. So th- in order for this to work, like I always hear people like, how do you grow a podcast? Oh, I've tried like you have to try this until it works, uh, basically. So you want to ask in a a pre-roll, mid-roll and a post-roll, not long, you know, just a few seconds in the voice and spirit of your show. And you want to understand it. And if people aren't sharing your show, I mean, you want to understand why, why they're not uh, or say, well, maybe you could change around. Like, what about what is it about your messaging? What can you change differently in your deep listening of other podcasts? uh, or other stuff you shared. What, like, really start to get creative. This is a creative challenge if and uh, a creative constraint. Uh, so so if you need to brainstorm and write out uh, 800 things, do it. Okay, so this is the deep listening part. Like, you want to keep listening to other shows weekly without doing anything else. Uh, but you also want to listen to your other episodes after you're done. And you can't do anything else when you're doing this uh, uh, and if uh, this is a really important part of crafting your show. You also don't need to like be hypercritical. This isn't a dissection of your show. You want to take notes but you could doodle or you could just listen and gather impressions. And, and again look at like uh, huh, what did you enjoy about that episode? How, how did it make you feel now? Huh, what is not doesn't feel comfortable? And try to listen without being just take it in. And you know, flush out your feelings about it or your impressions, and then let your subconscious take care of it. If you're list, if you do this regularly, this is a muscle you can slowly develop, in a kind of pathway you can form into your mind. And your show will just naturally start to evolve and improve if you're doing this regularly uh, and consistently. Your, your your brain, your conscious and your subconscious will work to and be like, oh well. Oh, well, I didn't notice that. After you do it like 50 times, you say, oh, you know what, I haven't, I just noticed uh, that uh, I, I, I have a tendency to do this, and, and maybe that's why people aren't sharing it. Or, oh, wow, what if I took a show in this direction? And you know, Like I said, after two years, you could start to, after you've been like deep listening show, you could start to be a little bit more harsh, Or, uh, but don't do it early on. It's not going to help. Okay, so you want to keep going with these quit meetings and ask the same questions. What do I enjoy about making this? Uh, What are other people saying uh, they're getting out of the podcast? You know, what's hard? What growth are you getting? Do you still want to keep making the show for another month? Do you want to do a different show? Uh, Do you want to still make it for six months and then decide a year? You know, what are we disappointed about? Any of our worst fears happen what are we doing well? What could we do better? In this stage, you do want to think about, uh, well, would I st- still make this show if no one else is going to listen, if, if it's not going to grow, or that if it never makes money, what would the show look like? You don't have to answer those questions, but just start to be curious and open your mind about them. And then some new questions. You're going to say, geez, okay, are we hearing from listeners or not? Uh, and if you're not, that's okay. Like... Uh, but if you are, what are they saying? Uh, you also want to see, just be like, go over that time budget. Be like, okay, how much time are we spending working on the podcast? Uh, are we really giving it our full effort? Because this, was a, this is always a powerful thing for me. It's like, oh, no, I'm distracted. Uh, like it just helps you kind of get under the covers and see what's really going on. Are you overworking? Are you underworking? Uh, is there one part of the podcast you're more stressed about than another part? Uh, and then you do want to start to, as you've been doing the show for a while, if you're going to keep going, you, you do want to start to try to find more time in your life to make the show while still being balanced. So start to look at your life and like anything you're doing that you really don't get joy, joy out of, uh, so condo it. like ask yourself, what would Marie Kondo do? Uh, would she stop? Would she tell me to stop watching the news? Yes. Isn't, does watching the news bring me joy? No. Okay, there. May, well, that's like okay. I could cut that. What if I cut that out and worked on the show for that much time? Uh, you, you know what? Again, you want to have a balanced life, but you also want to make more deliberate time to work on your show. I mean, the reality in the end is like. You could adjust your release schedule to, to put more time into the episodes, uh, but f- the more time you can find to work on your show and still maintain self care, uh, to have a full-time, to have it be a full-time business, it kind of is have to be a full-time job. Okay. So I know a lot of you, I, I, sorry, I waited so long for this, but a lot of you are asking like what scoots, what about stats? Uh, so I don't, I'm not going to get into specific numbers yet. <laughs> uh, but if you, if you do want to start tracking your stats at any stage, these would be the ones I would suggest tracking. The first one you should be able to get from your uh, hosting provider, and that's your per-episode downloads after 48 hours of after release. Or you could use another time window, 24 or 72 hours. I like 42 hours myself, but whatever. And you just check about the same time every day. So if your episodes come out at 4 p.m., Two days later, 4 p.m., check how many downloads did that last episode get. And then start to compare episode to episode. Oh, this one got 150. The next one got 142. Oh, and then that one got 180. Then that one got 176. Uh, we just want to start to notice patterns. But also, particularly 48 or the 72-hour, whatever that consistent number is that starts to fall, like... uh like those numbers that say, oh, okay, your core audience is probably like 140 to 120 then, if you've got between 120 and 170. So you just start to, you start to get an idea of your core audience size. The next step I want you to pay attention to is like in Podcast Connect on Apple Podcasts uh, is uh, w- are, are one you want to look at the consumption of uh, episodes and just see if there was any strange or large drop-offs. Uh, and then you, wanna, uh, you just want to know what the average consumption is. So are people listening to most of your podcast? Are they re-listening to parts of it? Or are they listening to less than like 90%? Uh, and then kind of see, well, what, just to start to have it inform your decision-making, or, or at least just be aware of it for now. And then another stat I, I particularly like, uh, and you can use it to audit your stats, is uh, the unique monthly audience number from PodTrack. And it's free. Their service is IAB 2.0 compliance. Uh, and it just gives you a general idea of, like, if your show's growing overall. And then you could kind of start to really start to think about, like, oh, how many people are listening to my podcast with those other two stats compared to just sampling it, coming in and checking in? In a, it'll kind of show like you that uh, uh, how well things are growing. You also want you, you want to know, yeah, because you just want to know if your show is growing and people are listening to it. Okay, so now we are move into stage three, which is where you should really only move into the stage. I'll be honest; like if your show has been growing slowly but consistently, uh, so. Uh, if your show's kind of... I guess I don't know how else to say it. Like, if your show... It doesn't have to be growing more than a few listeners per episode. Uh, but if your show is not growing consistently, I'd say keep talking to your audience and finding out ways uh, to get them to share your show. Or say, well, what adjustment's can I make to my show uh, that is going to make it? And you could look at, like, well... Yeah, you, has this show kind of got its full audience? Uh, and I think again, to, the best answer to those questions is: What are you hearing when you're listening to other podcasts in your show? And uh, what are what's your audience is saying, or what is it, what do other people say about your show? And also, just remember, your personal uh, validity is not. Try, try to separate those two things if you can. I mean, I understand it's not easy. So stage three your shows growing, it might be very slowly. That was the case for my show, but consistently. So, well, okay, we have like uh, those forty-eight number-hour downloads. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, we're getting like regularly two hundred more listens uh, uh, each uh, each month. Uh, it, it doesn't always. These are things that are easier to, cons- to see over time, like after two or three years. And you want to start to run some tests now to see if you're like to, to get a little bit more specific about how much, what kind of action your audience takes. You also want to practice a lot of self-care in this stage. Uh, you know, have people in your life uh, that you could talk to and use your support system. Cause this is really when things, they're always tough, but this is for me was like the toughest stage, uh, and then after you run those tests, start to have a you want to start to have a conversation with your audience. You want to keep meeting once a month. Um, and for extra credit, you want to start to create a time budget. So you should know kind of generally how much time you're is, is, uh, is spending on your show, and you want to do that in a budget. Like okay, so pre production writing, I spend this much time writing, this much time doing this, this much time on social media. This much time recording, this much time editing, this much time mixing and releasing. And then also a comparative, like if in a perfect world, how much time would you spend on each of those things? You also want to find an accountant, ideally someone locally. And I would meet with like four or five local accountants before you choose one. It's kind of like choosing a therapist. You just want to go and meet as many as you can And tell them about, you know, what's happening uh, because their advice is really going to be invaluable as you start planning this out as a business. And along those same lines, you really want to, now that you kind of have an idea of your monthly budget, uh, you want to get an idea of like how much would six months uh, of uh, living expenses be? Like what's that number? Now that you know your budget, you know your paycheck. Like, how much is your bill, your bills, your food, all of your bills, your living expenses every month? Okay, so you want to run some tests now to kind of see how your audience acts. I guess tests is probably the wrong word. Experiments is probably better. And I know this can feel scary, but you've kind of been doing this already, just, you know, being a fan, asking your audience to share the show and try to again remember that your value as a person and as an artist and even the value of your listeners in your show is not at stake here. It might feel that way. And I know it does. It, it, it still does for me sometimes, but, uh, these are just tests and experiments you're trying out. And the first thing to do is run a listener survey and you can either use like PodTrack has one. You could use one. You want to run a listener survey and you can kind of Google, I'll try to maybe have some re then in the resources, uh, but you want to do it in a very specific way, as like a 30-day advertising campaign. And you want to ask on every episode that's released during that month and on social media a few times. Uh, and so then 30 days after you do that, so after 60 days, let's say you started at January 1st and you ask on every episode in January. Uh, on March 1st, you'd look at like, okay, how many survey responses do we have Uh and just write that down, and then say, "Okay, how many uh, downloads, uh, on average, did those four episodes get uh, over those sixty or forty-five days?" And, and then after you do that one, you want to do one. Now, this is one I haven't successfully done, so I'm a hypocrite here. But it's to start a mailing list. Uh, you think this is another really good way you could just gather data and start a mailing list, and you don't even have to have a, you don't even have to be have a newsletter. You know, because you could use it for, like, when you have a newsletter in the future. But you want to do this as a little bit longer campaign. So either, like, a 60- or 90-day campaign. And you want to keep changing up the message, like, every two or three weeks. Uh, So, you like, uh, think about, like, two or three ways of presenting this, uh, why people would want to join your mailing list thing. And talk to them about it. And then 30 days after that, kind of track your results. How many people signed up for the mailing list? How many downloads? And if people are doing that, like, uh, if, if you had a conversion, you should have a conversion rate at, between those two things. Be like, well, uh, if your episodes were getting 20,000 downloads uh, per, on average, and you got 2,000 survey responses, uh, that's pretty, that's 10% conversion rate. And if they're getting, if you got like 200 email signups, uh, you say, okay, well, that's a 1% conversion rate. Okay. That's what, what we're dealing with. Okay. Actually and like 10% is really uh, not a great example. And then, so even if you get 1% or something, you must start c- c- talking to your listeners, uh, again, a conversation now on the show and on social media, like, uh, what do they want more of? Like, what do they like about your podcast, uh, Remember what do they talk about on their own? Uh, what are questions do they ask you about? Would they be more interested in like a membership like Patreon, Merch, live shows, like what gets them the most excited? What products have they bought off of other podcasts? Uh, which, depending on the focus of your show, what grants are out there? Do your listeners know anything about grants? And you know, thinking about your Patreon, I want you to think about like, geez, what rewards could you offer uh, in the current in the current situation you're in while still working on your show? Like, what rewards? And then, oh, if you have more time, what cooler rewards would you uh, offer? And then here's you're still having your monthly production meetings. So you can check in and and. Uh, you know, sometimes, like, if, if your conversion rates aren't going great, you could ask, you know, geez, is this the, is it the way I'm asking? Uh, do listeners really want to share? I, I think I have to change this around, though. This is why I'm running through this one. Uh, are you striving? Is the style of the show limiting the growth? Uh, uh, what's unique about my show? What's universal about my show? Uh, then you want to start deep listening to your show and getting feedback. So if you find a small group of other podcasters, like one or two or th- three other people, like make a writing group kind of where you're sharing episodes and maybe not giving deep notes, but just saying, hey, what would you think of that episode or, or their feedback? I mean, that can be really tough to do and to find the right people for. But if you can strive for that, that's great. You could also test out having your listeners uh, Maybe it's the people on your mailing list. Maybe if you have a Patreon, it's your patrons of giving them early listens. And then kind of seeing, they don't have to give you feedback again. This is all like a long-term thing of like, uh, but then maybe you'll start to hear back like, oh, other opinions about the shows. And ideally you'll start to hear that about those before the episodes come out. So it'd be like, oh, well maybe I will change that around, uh. But you're just looking to get more external feedback. But if you can get feedback from people that don't listen to your show, sometimes that can be really helpful and sometimes it might not be because people might not, uh, right, right? But then it's like, oh, that might be a new listener's experience. And then it's time to kind of think about starting the business side of your show. Like when you talk to your audience, what were they most excited about? Was it Patreon, merch? Should you try a local live show? Uh, and this is going to take some extra time. So you do want to start researching the Patreon, the merch, your lo- local show, and see what other people are doing. Like uh, l- sign up for other pay- podcasters' pay- Patreons. You know, read everything, all of the resources Patreon has. Look at what people talk about with their merch, uh, or what podcasters' merch do you like? Uh, and start to get your audience. Uh excited to uh, talk to your audience about it well i was thinking about doing shirts what would you prefer and you definitely want to write out all your fears and expectations about all this stuff and set some goals okay so i want to talk a little bit about setting goals and financial expectations so when you ran those tests you should have like your conversion rates from those tests uh and it could be anywhere from less than 1%, which is what, what my show usually has, uh, to uh, more than 1%. Uh, and then you want to get, with your stats, you really want to start to dial in your episode downloads after 45 days. And that's going to be, just be our general marker for conversion rates. Uh, that's what sponsors usually use. And it just helps you. It just is like a good language uh, so let's say you get 2,000 downloads after 45 days. You want to set your goals based on like 0.25%, 0.5%, and then maybe 1% and 2% conversion rates. So that means like, uh, if 2,000 people listen to your episode, that five people will support you on Patreon or buy a or 10%, you know, 10 people at 0.5% or 1%. And use Patreon's kind of research about, uh, how much people are pledging, because it, it, it's changed since I started, like uh, uh, per, per, like what the average pledge is and uh, all that kind of stuff. I do know, and I feel like this holds true, is like when you start your Patreon, like about 0.25% or 0.5% of the, the that per regular listener number will support your show no matter what because they really value the podcast without worrying about any rewards. And then probably another 0.5%, if you continually ask over like a months and months and months, uh, like a continued communication, they'll support the show value for value. So you could probably get up to like 1% of your regular listeners supporting the show. Uh, but to be, get beyond 1%, you really have to kind of integrate Patreon, the idea of this membership model that Patreon has and kind of start to grow like, use that as your long-term vision. Oh, like, to move beyond 1% of your audience supporting the show. And that's kind of really still where I am. It's like, uh, how do I get more people, uh, other than those people that uh, really, really are, are really want to be involved and support the show, uh, how do we get more people to support the show without taking too much time away from making the main show? Uh, another thing I know everybody's asking is, like, what about sponsorships? And, and this is what I've learned is, uh, and I kind of, like, learned it the hard way, I guess, because of my own mistakes. Uh, I would just wait until sponsors reach out to you. And even when they reach out to you, be like, oh, okay, like, talk to them, find out more. Uh, it's either going to be sponsors, like buyers, reaching out to you, or... Uh, a sales agency or a, a, buy, a buyer. Usually the sponsors don't reach out to you directly. Um, but, you know, find out, geez, what are the terms? What would what are the expectations? Say, okay, let me think about it. Or, you know, let, can we connect in a few months? Uh, I, now, one of the reasons is like, uh, well, one is, I, I just, I guess for me, it's like you should sponsor your own show first. You want it to keep your show growing until it's kind of naturally organically growing on its own. And then if you're doing merch or Patreon, like uh, you really want to focus on getting to that 1% number uh, for your Patreon before you you, uh, move into anything else, uh, in my opinion. But, I mean, there is expectation. That's why you wait. Like if, if you haven't even started a Patreon and sponsors are reaching out to you, and then the terms look good uh, and you start running – like this does happen. And Some shows are just really good with sponsorship. And then you start running sponsorships and you're getting paid. That's great. Like uh, then move to other stuff. Uh, but I find that's just very kind of uh, – that doesn't happen a lot. Okay, so now, say, why do people say, like, 50,000 downloads an episode? That's usually the number uh, where people say, okay, you could start to actually maybe support yourself at 50,000 downloads an episode. Yeah, well, one is, like, first of all, it's, like, 50,000 downloads per episode. The sponsors are only will only pay you most of the time for USA downloads. So that's like, oh, you're getting... If you're getting fifty thousand downloads an episode, you're probably getting thirty thousand in the U.S. Uh, Then there's also the sell-through rate. For most, like I said, for some shows you're going to be incredibly successful at sponsorships, uh, but for most shows, uh, there's uh, the sell-through rate is not great. And the sell-through rate means, like, let's say you do get thirty thousand U.S. downloads per episode on a weekly show. So that means that over the year if you release fifty episodes you get you' you're you're putting out like one point five million downloads a year on your new episodes uh The sellter rate is usually somewhere like around fifty percent so if you had like one point five million ad spots available over a year, over the year normally you're only gonna be able to sell like a half of those. And then your CPM, like normally you'll have someone selling the show for you uh, because it's very time-consuming and it takes like some specialized – it's just easier to work with someone and they definitely earn their money. So you might hear these CPM numbers thrown around, but in the end, you're not netting as much as people on the internet talk about, uh, I think. Uh, So – you think that's – so let me just move into, like, the last stage, which is going from full-time to part-time. definitely want to know – have worked with your taxes and your accountant to be like, okay, uh, if you've already started bringing money, are you saving money and prepaying your taxes and your retirement? In uh, just working with an accountant with that. But it usually works out to, like, 50-50. I mean, anybody that's freelance knows, like, okay – if you're getting paid $30 an hour freelance, you're really only able to, to take 15 of those dollars for yourself. Uh, the rest of that money is usually going to taxes, and ideally anything left over from that 50% you could put towards retirement. It's usually, that's how I do it. It's like, oh, if I have that much money coming in, then I could pay myself half of that. Like, like, like So just figuring out that way, I actually just pay myself as a freelancer. So I say, oh, okay, I could pay you this much an hour. And then my other part of me is like, okay, so I get half that money for every hour I work. Okay, that makes sense. You also want to find a lawyer at this point, ideally someone that works in podcasting to help you with any contracts. Uh, You don't have to pay a lawyer retention fee or anything. You just pay them for the time of theirs you use. And then you want to talk, like, look at, like, can you go from th- to full time to three quarter time at your job or half time and keep your benefits? Uh, you want to know, do you have an emergency fund? Is it six months or twelve months? Uh, can you cover your health insurance? How much is your health insurance going to cost? Uh, what about your retirement? Uh, you want to have your time budget and your monthly budget for your podcast. Okay, how much is my hosting? How much am I paying any freelancers? Uh, you want to keep meeting once a month, uh, you know, keep those regular habits up and deep listening. And then before signing any contracts or spending any money in podcasting, I mean, other, on, other than on equipment and hosting, uh, do your due, j- due diligence, due diligence, uh, like, so if you're going to join up with something, just be like, Hey, get, talk to some of your clients first. Uh, uh, I just want to, you know, see how they're, you know, satisfied, uh, And then also ROI, like what is the return on investment? If someone's asking you for money for something, most legitimate podcast businesses at this point that involve money, it's a revenue split. Uh, So they're not asking you for upfront money. So if someone's asking you for upfront money for something, whether it's a service or something, be like, well, what is my, what's the return on my investment? Uh, Is it, is this money I'm going to get back or, what service are you providing? Is this going to save me time? Another thing to think about is like, how much do you love making this? Can you do, can you, uh, find another day job that's less stressful, that has part time benefits? Uh, you know, so I think that's it for now. I mean, I think the, so this is, was just a draft of this, uh, thing. So I don't know if this will be a patron release or a public release. Uh, uh but I hope you enjoyed it and good night.